Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper podcast. My name is Patrick Hayes, and as far as my regular co-host, Caleb Jenks, I have no idea where he is. Uh, He's definitely not answering his phone. He is probably out celebrating Halloween for the second week in a row. Uh, We talked about Halloween last week on this podcast, and apparently the message did not get through. So... Tonight, we are going to be talking about uh, prayer, and with that being said, I'm trying to open something up right here to help us with this, and then we're going to jump in. Now, uh, I already closed uh, the program, so I can't tell you what we're going to be talking about next week, but I'll open it up in a second. I need to start by apologizing to everyone. I have not been good about putting the events up on our Facebook page so that everyone knows what's coming. So anyway, that's what we get. That's why there's only two or three people watching us here tonight uh, because kind of dropped the ball on that. So you don't know what's coming up. You don't know what you're tuning in for. But thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. We we appreciate it. And uh Please get on Spotify or Google Play and download, listen to, and share the podcast. So with that, we're going to jump right in here tonight, and we're going to talk about prayer. And we're going to see where this goes. And hopefully, if Caleb is alive and well, he might join us at some point this evening. We're going to see. So as far as prayer goes, My prayer life has changed so much in the years that I've been a Christian, and I enjoy reading the Bible and studying the Bible maybe two to three million times more than I enjoy praying. For some reason, prayer often seems like a burden to me, and I've had lots of times where I've been able to overcome that and I've gotten really serious about praying and it is seriously one of the greatest times of my day. And it is harder for me to have a dedicated and disciplined prayer life than it is to have a dedicated and disciplined uh, Bible reading life. So as far as prayer goes, let's start off with a couple easy things. Okay, let's just jump right in here. One of the first things everyone needs to understand is that in the Bible, God has lots and lots of names. We read about God being called all kinds of different things. Jesus is called the way, he's called the truth, he's called the life, right? John 14, 6. We read about all these different names for God, but more than any other name written down in the Bible, God is called Father. And when the apostles asked Jesus to please teach us to pray, what did Jesus say? He said, our Father who art in heaven. He said, pray like this. And he gives us what is often incorrectly called the Lord's Prayer. It's not the Lord's Prayer. It's the model prayer. Jesus is explaining to them how to pray. 
we find the Lord praying and we find several of the Lord's prayers throughout the New Testament and throughout the Bible. But our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the model prayer. That's Jesus teaching us how to pray. He's giving us the points that we should hit. He's explaining to us how we should do it. Now, there's nothing wrong with reciting that prayer, but understand it's the model prayer. So we're supposed to study it and learn from it and, and try to learn how to pray. Because remember, Jesus is answering the literal question, how do we pray? <coughs> so Jesus starts off with our father. That was the point. Now think of this. If you are a parent, this is an easy one. When you had a little kid, and let's say they're eh, three years old, maybe four, and their vocabulary is somewhat limited. When you would show up, you'd come home from work, and I'm talking to the dads, and your little kid was standing there, and he wanted to talk to you. And my son, I remember my second son, Washington, God showed me this when he was, like I said, two, three, or four. He was just little toddling around the house. And he ran up to me when I got in the door and he had this big, excited, wide-eyed smile on his face. And he pointed down at the ground and he said, daddy, shoe. And I looked down at his shoes and I said, wow, those are your shoes. Good job. And he took a few steps into the living room and he, and he pointed and he said, daddy, ball. And I said, wow, buddy, that is a ball. Good job. And he must have done this for like 10 minutes. I mean, just walked me around the house, showing me all the things that he knew the word to. And he was so excited. And I just stood there and listened to him. I was tired. My feet hurt. I wanted my boots off. I wanted a hot shower. I wanted a hot meal. But I was so excited that my child was talking to me. I just wanted to stand there and listen. And God has that same feeling. God the Father feels that infinitely more than we could ever imagine that with our own children that we love. God wants to hear from you so badly that he doesn't care how awkward it is or how unintelligible it is or how grammatically incorrect it is. God doesn't care about those things. God wants to hear from you. He is your father. You are his child. He loves you, and he just wants to spend time with you. He wants to hear from you. So when we go to God, we got to remember that he is our father, and he is a father that loves us. Okay, He wants to hear from us. So <clears throat> when we go to God, one of the acronyms that I've heard that I really like is ACTS. Okay, A-C-T-S. So when we go to God, there are four main points that we want to hit. And this, you know, it's not a recipe that you have to follow. It's just a good thing to remember because when most of us go to God, what do we go to God with? We go to God with a list of things that we want. And let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with asking for stuff from God, because the fact is God has it all. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. 
Okay, our Lord is able to provide. So supplication is what the, is the big fancy Christianese Bible word that we use for uh, the things that we want. We can ask God for things, but that is not the only reason for praying. It's not even the main reason for praying. So the reason I use this acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, is so that I can remember the other things that I'm supposed to talk to God about, because it's very easy for me It's very easy for me to um, just get right into my list of, God, these are all the things that I want, and I want you to provide them, and I need them right now because my life's a mess, and these things would help me get out of the mess. So <clears throat> with Acts, the, the A is for adoration. So we want to start off by remind. The way that I kind of do it is I remind God who he is. And in doing so, I'm reminding myself who God is. Okay, God is the creator. God created every single thing you see. He created the sun, moon, stars, and planets. God created the mountains and the rivers and the valleys. God created the animals. God created all of it. He created the whole universe. The word universe is made up of two words, uni and verse. The universe is a single spoken sentence. That's what the word universe means. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God just said it. God didn't get out a hammer and chisel. He just spoke and he created the entire universe. So I want to remind God of just who he is and how awesome he is for what he has done. Not only that, God also holds it all together. By him, all things consist that are in heaven and that are on earth. God literally keeps the atoms from flying apart. God is the force. I know we're used to the gravitational force and the strong nuclear force and, you know, the weak force. And, okay, I'm on, I'm, I enjoyed physics. I understand the four major forces that we talk about that guide the universe. Okay, God is the one that holds it all together. He created these forces. It's by him. Okay, God knows everything. God's omnipotent. I remind God about how he not only has all the knowledge, he is knowledge. Okay, how amazing it is that he knows everything and he knows everything that is going to happen. God is all-powerful. There is nothing God cannot achieve. Okay, God is able to conquer everybody. There is none so fierce that dare stir him up. And I remind God of just how great and awesome and powerful and wonderful and, and intelligent and, and funny and, and compassionate he is. And I talk to God about how wonderful he is for a little while. And that's how I try to start 
praying whenever I'm going to uh, whenever I'm going to pray. Then after the A is the C, A-C-T-S, I get to confession. So after I adore God, I want to remind myself of just how small I am and how worthless I am and all my shortcomings and my faults and my failures. And I want God to be aware of them. Okay, First John uh, 1, 8 and 9, if we say we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want to confess my sins unto God and I want to apologize for them and I want to tell them that I was wrong and I want to make sure that God knows that I am weak and worthless without him. I've got nothing good to bring to the table. I've got nothing good to offer. And I am solely dependent upon him for everything in my life. I am depending on God to keep my heart beating and to keep air in my lungs. And those two are a great place to start because it reminds me of the relationship between me and God, between God and I, between God and man. It reminds me that God's the one that's in control. It has nothing to do with me. And I'm just so grateful that God is a part of my life. Okay, after that, we go on to the T. T is Thanksgiving. <clears throat> I want to thank God for stuff. And man, do I have stuff to thank God for. I can thank God for my health. I can thank God for my family. I can thank God for my home. And there, keep in mind, even when I'm sick as a dog, I thank God for my health. If I am laying in bed with pneumonia, I thank God that I still have legs that I can walk on, that I have eyes that I can see out of. I'll tell you what, one of my, one of my dear friends, my friend Tom told me a story about how his knees were going out and he was really down in the dumps because um, he couldn't ride his bicycle anymore. He used to jog. He used to do all these things. And, and he's an older guy. He's retired. And, and he really loved hiking and biking with his wife and, and enjoying the outdoors. And it was a big part of his life. And his knees were going bad. And, and I think he had a surgery and he was having trouble. He really wasn't able to do the things he did. And the doctors weren't giving him any hope or any good answers. And and uh, he told me this one time he came out of, uh, he was in the hospital, you know, talking to the doctors and he came out of the room and he was just, he was really upset and he was complaining and griping and kind of, you know, a little bit of a poor me attitude. And, you know, why is all these, why are all these bad things happening to me? And he said, he turned the corner and he saw a man who was a quadriplegic and he was in a wheelchair. And that man was only able to move that wheelchair around by blowing into a tube. And it was a great lesson for him just to be reminded of a little bit of humility, give him some perspective as far as how good he really had it. And he stopped and he told me he thanked God. And, and I've heard Tom tell me that story several times. And, and I think about that story often because it was such a good picture. It doesn't matter. If, if I have one bad knee, I thank God for the other good one. If I have two bad knees, I thank God because I have good arms. And, you know, that's really a, a great attitude to have is that I only have things to thank God for. Because 
And a lot of Christians don't, I don't know why so many Christians fight this idea. They, they want to think that they're a good person and they want to think that they deserve happiness. And those two statements are nonsense. If that's what you think, do me a favor, read the book of Jeremiah, read the book of Ezekiel, and you will be reminded of what wicked, horrible sinners we are and what a holy and righteous God we have and how we have done nothing our whole lives but spit in God's face and turn our back on him and walked in our own ways. And that's the picture that I have with God. When I'm doing well as a Christian, I am just constantly reminded of absolutely how worthless I am. But this is the crazy thing. So many people think, oh, that's terrible. And no, Patrick, you're a good person. And oh, no, you deserve to be happy. I don't. That's not true. And when I tell myself that, I know I'm lying to myself. See, I deserve to be in hell forever in fire with my back broke. That's what I deserve. Which is why anything this side of hell is just a blessing from God. What people seem to misunderstand is that those thoughts don't get me down. Those thoughts don't depress me. Because at the end of that, I am weak. I am worthless. I am a sinner. I bring nothing good to the table. Everything good in me was given to me by God. So I am absolutely worthless. You say, no, that's not true. Okay, the Bible says our righteousness are as filthy rags. Now, I'm going to explain to you exactly what the Bible is talking about. When you read that, you find out that the rags the Bible is talking about are used menstrual cloths. Our righteousness are as filthy rags. Now, you don't reuse those rags. They are at a point where they're worthless. You just throw them away. Okay, there's absolutely no use for them. There is nothing redeeming about them. Now, I know a lot of you didn't want to hear that part of the lesson, but that's what the Bible says, and that's the truth. But God loves me anyhow. I am weak. I am worthless. I am a sinner. I have nothing good in me. Okay. My heart is desperately wicked above all else. Who can know it? All my righteousness are as filthy rags, but God loves me anyhow. And for that, I am thankful. So after I remind God of how thankful I am for all the good things that he's put into my life, <coughs> then I go on to supplications. Okay. The list of stuff. Now, for me, I pray big. I pray for things that if I were to tell you what I pray for, you would say, man, that is audacious. How dare you pray for that? Okay, and the way I see it is uh, the worst God can do is say no. Not my will, but thy will be done, O oh Lord. So I pray big. I pray for things in my family. I pray for uh, things financially. I pray th uh, for things. Um, I mean, 
man, I, I seriously don't even want to give you the list. The things that I pray for would, I, I believe people would think less of me. You ready for this? Okay, this is true. I have several friends who have told me, they said, Patrick, I have trouble praying that God gives me stuff. I have trouble praying that God bless me. I feel like it's arrogant. I have trouble doing it. I know I probably shouldn't, but that's where I'm at. So very often I won't ask God for things. I won't ask God for blessings. I won't ask God for provision. I won't ask God for these things. Okay. You know what I do? <clears throat> I pray to God and I name those fellas by name. And I say, God, please give me all the good things you had in store for this friend of mine who is not willing to pray for him. God, what, what are the financial blessings you had for this fellow over here who's not willing to ask you for it? God, please give them to me. Just bring them on. I know you want to bless somebody with a gift. Bring it on to me. He's not going to ask you. I'm going to ask you. I ask God for the blessings that nobody else will ask for. And I've told my friends that. I'm like, hey, man, that's fine. But just so we're clear, I'm going to start praying that God give me all your stuff. Because he, he says, ask you, you have not because you ask not. He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. If you're not asking, well, guess what? <clears throat> There's some stuff you're not going to have. That's fine. I'll ask in your place. But I'm not going to ask God to give you. I'm going to ask God to give your stuff to me. So if you don't like that, well, start praying for it. So right now we have six kids. We have five boys and a little girl. Uh, they range in age from 13 down to five. And my wife and I are currently praying for the five boys and uh, that, they, that God would provide them with a spouse. Uh, we're praying for the type of uh, lady that we would like God to prepare for them uh, so that they can marry them and, and have a family. We're praying for my little girl, for uh, the spouse that God is preparing for her, that he prepare a man uh, who loves him and is going to be honest and a hard worker and who's going to take care of her. <clears throat> we pray for our kids uh, for a lot of big picture stuff. You know, we pray for their uh, their future as far as their job goes. I will add in the things that I'm asking God for, uh, lots of people who I know are lost, who I want saved. I will ask God for a lot of people who I know who are sick, who we want healing for. I always uh, remind God that he please use these cases as a opportunity to show these people how much he loves them and that he is with them and in some special way that he uh, remembers them and wants them to come to him. I'll thank God and uh, for the work he gives me and ask that he continues to provide and continues to bring money in because I'm self-employed and there's nothing worse than the phone not ringing and me not having something to do, <laughs> you know, when, when I wake up in the morning. So I will go through that acronym, ACTS, A-C-T-S. And, you know, some people, they like having a list of things to pray for. That's fine. Uh, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. You know, when there's something that I want to remember, 
Uh, sometimes I will have a list. I'll keep it on my phone. I've done things like put three by five cards on the mirror in the morning to help me remember things. I, I, I've tried a million things. At the end of the day, what one thing I can tell you is that nothing stays on my prayer list really easily uh, because there's just too many things to pray for and I'll forget, you know, so I constantly try to uh, have a little list that I can refer back to. I'll pray that God helps me to remember certain things and continue to pray for them, especially uh, some of the people that are in my life. Uh, as some of you know, we uh, started a little home church uh, several weeks ago. And the one thing that I like about it is now I have a half dozen or a dozen people that attend and I can pray for those people. And I don't pray for everyone in the world, but I, I do pray for the people that are part of our home church. And it's nice that I can do that and I can send them a text message and I can remind them and I can say, hey, I've been praying for you. I hope you have a great day this week, you know, or I hope you have a great day today. I love you. And it's nice to be able to tell people that honestly, because you really are praying for them. And uh, you really did pray for them that morning and you're thinking about them. You know, it, it means a lot to folks. And I can tell you this, something I've tried to do is whenever God brings somebody into my mind, I pray for them. And then I usually call them or send them a text message and let them know that I pray for them and I hope they're doing okay and I love them. And whenever I'm on the softer side of things and I'm sensitive to the direction of God and he gives me a name and then I pray for him and I tell him that I got to say nine out of 10 times that person usually tells me, man, I was really going through it. I'm so glad that you prayed for me. I was having such a tough time and that, you know, your message was just perfect timing. And, you know, and I, I was like really impressed and surprised when I started doing that. And then after a little bit, I'm like, yeah, of course it's good timing, dummy. God put them in your mind. You were supposed to pray for them. That's what God was trying to do. You're just usually too busy with your own life to, you know, and, and how selfish you are to think about other people and pray for them. So, you know, that was something uh, that I try to do is whenever God brings someone into my mind, I try to stop what I'm doing and just, just pray for them for a few minutes and ask God to be with them. Okay, so with that, <clears throat> let's. I'm going to take a quick scroll through here and see if bah, 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 there are any questions. There are lots of folks that are here. Okay, so LaRonda had a question and she said, uh, must we pray out loud or can it be silent? So either of those are fine. <clears throat> I will often pray out loud especially when I am driving. I don't know why, but maybe it's just because I like to hear the sound of my own voice. But I will oftentimes pray out loud. When I'm at a customer's house and I'm working away, a lot of times I will pray silently because, I don't know, I figured it would look a little weird or sound a little weird. A lot of times I'll put on a big set of headphones, like big set, like, like the kind I'm wearing now that you can see on the video here. And they're like noise canceling headphones. And a lot of times I'll put those on and people will think that I'm listening to music or listening to the radio. And then they just leave me alone. 
And that makes it easier uh, for me to be able to pray, <clears throat> but I'll do it, you know, silently. Um, I, I don't remember anything in the Bible as far as praying out loud or uh, praying silently and, um, you know, which is better, how that works or, you know, does one or the other make a difference? Okay, so <clears throat> now let's talk about, let's just get right into it. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Now, this is an easy verse to memorize if you're into memorizing Bible verses because it's only three words. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Now, <clears throat> I don't think that means that you're supposed to remain on your knees uh, or uh, prostrate on the ground before the Lord praying all day long, what I think it means is that we are supposed to be in contact with God. We're supposed to be thanking God throughout the day. We're supposed to be asking God for help throughout the day. We're and I'll tell you what, I have done this. I've made efforts where I said, you know what, this is going to be the day I am going to pray without ceasing today. I want to see how this feels. And I turn the radio off and I don't listen to music and that's it. I'm talking to God. Whenever I don't need to be thinking about what I'm doing in front of me, I am talking to God. And let me tell you, um, it feels like God is there listening the whole time. Every second of every day. And it feels amazing. There is nothing that I have done as a Christian that has made me feel as good as when I pray and when it's real, not when I'm praying just to try to check a box so I can hurry up and get on with my day. But when I am trying to spend time with God and talk to him about things, one of my favorite parts of the day is, is when I'm having a real bad day or I'm having a real bad time with something going on in my life. And <clears throat> I'll sit outside at the end of the day when it's dark out and look up at the stars. And I'll just talk to God. And I'll let God in on everything that's going on. And I'll tell him how I'm struggling, how I need help. And it's amazing. I always feel like God is right there. And I always feel like God is listening. No matter how far away I've been from God, and I've had times as a Christian when I was far away from God. I did not care about God. I didn't care about the Bible. I didn't care about church. I didn't care about my wife or my kids. I didn't care about anything. I had a bad attitude, and I, 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 had, I didn't even want to make an effort not to sin. I didn't want to get rid of the bad attitude. I didn't want to get back on the horse and start praying or reading my Bible or, or loving the good people in my life. I just was just in a bad way. And I'll tell you what, it didn't take more than a minute when I decided, nope, I'm done with that. I need to, I need to get back right with God. It didn't take more than a minute of praying till I felt like God was right there wanting me to be a part of his life again and be close to him. I have never come back to God and felt like he said no. 
So praying without ceasing, I would suggest trying it. I will tell you what, a whole bunch of us would be doing a lot better right now if we would, oh boy, am I going to say it? I sure am. If we were to get off of Facebook, if we were to turn our phone off, if we were to turn off the radio and the news, and we were just to pray. I'll tell you what, if you are a worrier, if you worry about the state of the nation's affairs, if you worry about your future, if you worry about your kids, if you worry about, you worry, 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 you should be praying twice as much as you normally worry. And here's the deal, Christian. If you're going to worry, then don't pray. And if you're going to pray, then don't worry. But if you're doing both, you're doing one of them wrong. Prayer will stop you from worrying. Prayer will help with anxiety and depression. Prayer is like a miracle drug. It is unbelievable. You can get addicted to prayer. It is so good and it feels so good and it helps you be in a right relationship with God. Prayer will help you stay away from sin. Prayer will keep away a bad attitude. Prayer will deliver you from animosity and resentment and anger and hatred. Okay, Jesus even uses prayer as a remedy for those that despitefully use you and hate you and persecute you. We are to pray for such people. And it works. It really does. Okay. Where are we going to go here with prayer? Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question. And I want you to answer this honestly, just in your own mind, right there by yourself. What's the longest you have ever prayed? And I don't mean daily for one thing over years. I mean, you stopped and set aside time and turned off the phone and decided, I'm going to spend some time praying. And, you know, you could even say, set the timer. I have set a timer before. And it wasn't, it started because I didn't want my prayer life to be so short. I was tired of praying just so I could get through it, so I could feel like I checked a box and I could move on with my incredibly important and busy day. I wanted to pray a certain amount of time because I wanted to give God at least this many minutes in the morning. So I, I've, I've set a timer before, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. After a little while, the timer bothered me because it was getting in the way 
because once you break through a certain amount of time, you really don't want to stop because you've got a lot of things that you really need help with. And you know the guy that has the answers and has the ability to fix the things. And all of a sudden, it, it you know, you have the timer set for whatever, 15 or 20 minutes, and it bothers you because you had more stuff to pray for. So uh, I don't think there's anything, you know, wrong with that. Um, I've done that before as a tool to try to help me. But I'm asking about what's the longest you've prayed? You set aside the time. You said, I need to get together with God and, and figure some stuff out. So I had one preacher challenge me with this. And this fella actually had a... Oh, I guess you'd call it a ministry about prayer. And he would have, uh, you know, conferences that he would do about this. And he would have workshops where people would come for the weekend and, and they would stay there and he would teach them how to pray and teach them how to help other people to pray. And uh, they would have sessions where they would pray for four hours. And then they would work up to sessions where they would pray for eight hours. And he said, so many times people have no understanding of what it's like to really spend some time with God. Because most of us simply try to just get it done to check a box. But when you commit, to praying for a good long period of time, all of a sudden your life as a Christian will change so drastically in so many ways, you won't even believe it. So for me, I said, okay, I'm going to try this. And I remember I decided that I was going to set aside four hours a day for prayer uh, every day for a week. And I'll tell you what, it wasn't, you know, an hour in the morning and an hour at lunch. And no, it was a block of four consecutive hours of prayer. And leading up to this, I was a little concerned that I would run out of things to pray for, that I wouldn't know what to say, that it was going to feel like it dragged on. Um, I had all these different thoughts and concerns in my head when I was planning this. And I set the timer for four hours and I said, okay, God, here we go. Found a nice quiet place, told my wife, you know, please keep the kids and everything away from me. Turn the phone off so it couldn't ring. And I started praying. And I'll tell you what, it only felt weird for maybe the first, I don't know, 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden, I turn around and the alarm goes off and I've been doing it for four hours and I shut the alarm off and I go back to praying because I wanted to finish up what I was talking with God about. And I found that I was able to do that every day of the week for four hours. And the only concern I had after the first time I did it, was I had so much more I needed to talk to God about. 
and that four hour cap just got in the way. I am telling you, Christian, I'm just going to challenge you to try it. So, so many of us with reading our Bible, with studying the Bible, with praying, we do these things just so we can say we do them. Just so we can check a box and we can feel like we're a, a real Christian. We can feel like we're one of the good ones. And I'm telling you, it's such a shame because the day that you decide, you know what, I am just going to, I'm going to take this, you know, Saturday morning or Sunday morning and I'm just going to set aside four hours of time and read and study the Bible and just try to learn something about God. I'm going to take this Saturday or Sunday morning and I'm going to pray for four hours and I'm going to spend some time with God. When you actually try doing these things, all of a sudden you turn around and you wonder, how did I ever make it in life without praying for several hours a day? Your life will change so drastically that you will not believe you were able to make it before you started doing this. Okay. Let's get into a little bit more Bible here on prayer. Okay, I'm just going to give you a whole bunch of verses and we'll stop and talk about these a little bit as we go. Psalm chapter 63, verse 1. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. So did you catch that little phrase? Early will I seek thee. Now, the Bible talks about this a lot, where we are to go after God first. We are to go after God early. These are things that God wants from us. A lot of people don't like this, and a lot of people say, oh, well, I'm not a morning person. And, oh, I'm whatever. I'm so sick of excuses. I, I, I just I don't care anymore. I'm a black and white guy, okay? And if you don't like it, that's fine. Okay, God says this is the way we're supposed to do it. At midnight, I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. Oh boy, that's a tough one. Do we set an alarm for midnight every night? Okay, no, I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> but you want to know something? When God wakes me up, when I can't sleep, I look at that as from God. And he wants to talk to me. So I better stop and I better start praying. Okay. That's what God's trying to get a hold of me for. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> Luke chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, talking about Jesus. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. So when Jesus was what we would call 
overwhelmed <clears throat> by the number of people, and because all had need of him, he left, he got alone, and he prayed. It's just a good reminder. Now, look, I'm, I understand some of you like going to the gym to clear your head, and some of you like, you know, what whatever the thing is that... That's fine. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Okay. Believe me, um, getting some exercise, going for a run, taking a walk, all, all these things are great. Okay. I get all of that. And I'm not saying not to do these things, but we must recognize that when Jesus was, and I hate to use the term, but I'm going to say it when Jesus was stressed out, when he was overwhelmed. And I know we don't like thinking about those things because because Jesus is God. And we think, well, how could God be, how could God be tired or stressed out or overwhelmed? Well, it says he was. <laughs> it said God was tired. Okay. God was hungry. God was angry. God, Jesus wept multiple times in different stories throughout the gospels. We see the, the humanity of the Lord showing up many times. So <clears throat> when Jesus was going through a lot, he would leave, he would get alone, and he would pray. And these are things that helped him. Okay, let's see what else we got. Okay, uh, we can beat a dead horse here by bringing up other verses that say the same thing. Through the Psalms and the Proverbs, it says again and again and again to seek God early. That's when we're going to find him. Psalm 55, 17, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. <clears throat> okay, two good lessons there. Number one, okay, pray throughout the day. Don't just do it in the morning and forget about it the rest of the day. And number two, uh, guess who hears you every time you do it? God says that he hears us when we pray. So it's very, very important that we do it. All right. Yeah, we're going to stop with that. I could keep going down with a, with several more verses, but I think we, <clears throat> we, we hit the nail on the head. Okay. Any questions from our regulars? No, there is not. All right, folks, <clears throat> we got five of you out there. Um, you all heard a good message on prayer. We're going to cut this one off a little bit early, and uh, I'm going to try to get some work done before I wake up tomorrow and get back to it. So happy Sunday night. It is November 8th. We are still waiting to see who our president is as the election is going on here in America, and <clears throat> fraud is being investigated. So if that burns you up, then you need to be praying more. I don't like it either, but I will tell you this, God is on the throne and we need to spend more time in our prayer closet than we need to do worrying about who made it to the ballot box. Okay. I love y'all. Have a great night. We'll catch up next week.